Yo, yo, yo! (laughs) You're listening to the Women for Greatness podcast. This is episode 30, and I'm your host, Serena Hess. In this podcast, we dive down deep into talking about what makes a woman made for greatness. It could be a combination of different things. It could be that they refine their craft on one specific thing. It could be that they're just overall incredible. Today on the Women for Greatness podcast, I get to share someone who I've been dying to interview for the longest time. You guys, brace yourself, get ready. Okay, this woman, this lady, this queen, she's the real deal. I met her at her wedding, well, a couple days before her wedding, and it was in Canada, and I was like, what is happening? This is crazy. I don't even know what's going on. Guys, I'm sharing with you my friend Alex Sintomo. She has worked her butt off creating content, making YouTube videos, building up her own personal brand. Guys, she has a million followers on Instagram. Like, what? What the heck? In this episode, she kind of shares how that even started for herself, how she got into that position, and what it's like for her. One of my favorite things hearing from her perspective is that, you know, she was bullied growing up. It wasn't all just easy and perfect for her. She actually had obstacles and struggles. So hearing about that, it made me realize like, yes, her Instagram is flawless, but she is a genuine person. I love Alex because she is genuine and she's true and she's not messing around and she's not putting up a front. She's just being herself. And I hope that you can hear that through this interview. I hope that you can hear that she's genuine and honest and I hope you guys enjoy it. So without further ado, this is episode 30. Let's jump in. Today I have Alex on the line. Hey, Alex. Hi. (laughs) So let's kind of start with the story of how you and I got connected and how we met. Do you want to? Yeah, for sure. Do you want me to tell it? Yes, please. (laughs) Okay. Well, I was looking for someone for, um, to film my wedding and I, there was, I was faced with a lot of opportunity here where I'm from. I'm from Montreal, um, which is in Canada. And I knew I wanted to work with Sam, who's a photographer, because uh, we had been following each other on social media for like three years, I think. (laughs) And we've been wanting to work together for so long. So I was like, okay, well, why not just do my wedding? (laughs) Um, And then I asked him, do you recommend any videographers? Because I'm looking for someone. And if you have any friends, and he said, Oh, you have to hire Ben. Like he's (laughs) the best. I work with him all the time. And so I was like, okay, cool. Can I have his information? And then he goes, yeah, it's him and his wife. And I said, Oh, that's so exciting. (laughs) I had no idea like what you guys look like or anything, you know? And, and I, so obviously I stopped you guys right after because I wanted to know who he was talking about. And I was so excited. And um, so, yeah, that's how I initially got in contact with you was to um, ask if you guys would be willing to film my wedding, which was so exciting. You Mm -hmm. guys did an amazing job. Oh, my God. And um, yeah, so basically after that, uh, we I think we hopped on the phone to talk a little bit about um, what you guys do and just what I can expect and what Dan and I can expect Mm -hmm. from you guys. And then. Um, you guys came out to Montreal and it was so exciting. Yeah, yeah, no, that was awesome. It, I was really like, I don't know, it was an intro, like a unique experience. Like we would explain it to like my mom or like Ben's grandma and they're like, you what? You're flying to Canada for a wedding? And I'm like, yeah, and it's amazing. And it's this girl and her name's Alex. And I was like all excited and they're like, so wait, you're doing what now? <laughs> 
And I think like just going to the wedding and like meeting you and Dan in person, I was really humbled through the whole experience. Like, oh my gosh, these people like you and your family, I was like, these people are all so genuine. That was my really big takeaway. Like everything, your father's speech, oh my gosh, like at the wedding. I know. Oh my gosh. Well, that means a lot because family to me is like the most important thing. So I'm glad that it came across to you guys as someone who's literally just stepping into my life for the first time and not even knowing me on social media, really, you kind of just like came into it. And so that was really awesome to just to hear that from you. It means a lot. It means like, okay, my family's good. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not just biased. No, yeah. So as soon as like coming back on the flight home, I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to have Alex on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Your story is so like, it's unique. You know, everyone, yeah. I feel like everyone and their mother's like, I want to be a YouTuber. I want to <laughs> And it's like, yeah, but how do you actually like, you know, like it, there's a unique story for everybody. Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to kind of have you on so you could talk about your unique story of like how you got into Instagram and YouTube and like yeah, what how did it how did that even happen for you? Um, Well, it happened kind of randomly. Like I back when I started social media, it wasn't a, a thing you can do for a living. Like I know now it's a job, and a lot of people tell me that you know I have friends that are teachers, and they ask what the kids want to be when they grow up, and a lot of people say YouTubers, mm-hmm. but back then it wasn't a thing and quite frankly when I started it um a lot of people made fun of me yeah they are thinking like what are you you're putting yourself online and you're talking about things that like what the heck they are so confused by it yeah so um initially what ended up happening was um I was working at a clothing store and I was helping out with the social media with that clothing store just because they were pretty big on social media and well the US one and because I'm from Canada they were trying to expand the Canadian brand so they had me and my coworker who um was actually ended up being one of my bridesmaids mm-hmm. her name is Capel and she and I we both had YouTube channels and they're we're both like kind of secretive about them but then we found out we had them and so it was something we had in common it was so cool so the company was like okay you guys are going to work together and you're going to work on the social media And so we thought that was so fun because we got to take control of this account that had like 150,000 followers and we got to take photos for the store and we got to be our own models. So we would like take clothing from the store and shoot it and then post it on on their account. And then in turn, what ended up happening was that we started gaining a following because we were posting ourselves and tagging ourselves. Um, And then one day I made a video on YouTube. called like loose hair loose curls hair tutorial or something and it ended up going viral yeah and I guess like I got a lot of subscribers because of that and then a lot of people found me off of tumblr which is funny enough how I found sam um, photos being shared over tumblr and a lot of it I used to take photos back in the day of like my hair and my outfits and stuff so I was always known as that like hair girl mm-hmm. from Tumblr. Um, and I was just doing it for fun. I was still working full time and I had just uh, finished school and I was kind of like lost with my life and I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I was really passionate about what I was doing. But because it wasn't a career, I was just thinking, I don't know what I'm doing with my life right now, but I was kind of just taking it day by day and telling myself, you know, I'm still so young and I don't need to have everything set in stone right now and I'm good where I am and 
where I'm from, a lot of people stay at home with their parents pretty late, I'd say. I have a lot of friends from America that they leave home at 18 and it's like so weird that we stay at home with our parents for as long as we do. Like I lived at home until I was 25. Yeah. But that for us is like quite normal. So um, I was working full time and then working also on my YouTube channel full time, like when I wasn't working in the store and living with my parents. So it was super strange because I just felt like my life was kind of just free floating, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because I didn't feel 100% financially stable. I was still living with my parents, but I was working so hard on these things that I didn't even know I could make into a job. And then one day I had a company reach out to me saying they wanted to pay me for promoting something that I had already promoted many times on my channel. Yeah. Thinking, what? You can do this? Like, what do you mean you're going to pay me? But that was pretty cool. Then I realized, oh, this is a thing. And I can actually get paid for talking about things that I actually love, you know, if the company wants to work with me. And so, um, you know, through years of hard, hard, um, I eventually gained a following and that's kind of how it started and then snowballed from there. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Cause everyone, you know, so many people now they're like my little sister, even I want to be a YouTuber, you know, what and a lot of people think it sounds appealing, but they don't realize all of the behind the scenes work. Like you actually have been doing work behind the scenes. Yeah. And that's a, a, I feel like a misconception. A lot of people don't know is because not only am I just like, my face is on the screen, but I'm like the director, I'm the editor, I'm the, <laughs> um, the talent. I, I, I literally do everything. And I'm lucky that I have my husband to help me with everything now. But at the beginning, it was just me. Yeah. And it was really hard because um, I was doing everything. And I was working full time. So I was doing this when I wasn't working. So any spare chance I had, I was working on my YouTube up until the point where I realized that I was making the same amount that I was working full time. So I told myself, okay, I don't need the double paycheck right now. I really want to focus on this. And so I decided to just go with it and see where it went. And I'm really happy I made that decision, but it's definitely a, like, it's a lot harder than most people think. Yeah. Yeah. What, before all of that happened, before the snowball effect, basically, what did you want to do like growing up when you were little? Um, when I was really young, I wanted to be a lifeguard, which is so funny because I was a lifeguard like part-time when, as soon as I turned 16, I was a competitive swimmer for 10 years. So I always wanted to do something involved with water. And then when I got older in high school, I wanted to be a physiotherapist. Um, but when I graduated high school, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I knew most people in my family were engineers. And so I figured, oh, I, could, I guess I could just go into engineering and, you know, take over the family business or whatever. But I, that wasn't, I wasn't passionate about it. And I never really had a, a brain that did like math very well. Yeah. I had a business brain, but um, always struggled in math the most. So I knew that I couldn't really do anything in sciences um, and I wasn't passionate about it. And so I was flip-flopping. I went into, um, gosh, I did a lot of different things in university because it's like a weird schooling system here. So once you're done high school in grade 11, you go into this other thing called SAGEP, which is two years. Mm -hmm. You get to play around with different 
know, things, what you, whatever you want to do in university. Um, and so I went into uh, uh, business. I was in engineering for a little bit, didn't like it. Um, I was thinking of maybe becoming a therapist, um, but nothing I did really brought me that much joy. Yeah. So I was kind of just lost. And then when I remember one time I told my dad, I wish I could just do this social media thing full time as my career because I'm so passionate about it. I've never been like so passionate about something in my life. And he told me, okay, well, if you want, take the year off school, um, work full time and work really hard at your social media and see where it goes. And in a year from now, if you feel like you've grown or you can go somewhere with it, then go for it. But it, and if a year from now you feel like mm, it's not for me, then you can go back to school. And so I was really grateful that he allowed me to do that. And so I did it and I'm glad I did because it worked out. Yeah. I really think it had a lot to do with like my family support and my, my close friends too, that were really supportive. Mm -hmm. What did your dad say once you were growing and more attention was being drawn to like your accounts? <laughs> He's like my biggest fan. Like he watches every single one of my videos. And he's always like, hey, Alex, did you see how many views this got? Or did you thumbs it up? And I think he's just so cute. And there was one time we went to Italy together and I have a pretty big fan base in Italy. And some girl came running up to my dad crying. Are you Aldo? Are you Aldo? Aww. And I said, uh, well, he was like, yeah. And she goes, oh my God, I'm the biggest fan of your daughter. And I love you and your family. And she was crying and he was like, my first fan. <laughs> he was so proud. That's hilarious. He so yeah, he's very, very supportive. And he's really excited for me. And he always told me when I was younger, um, that there was times in his life where he was really passionate about something. And he was never really able to do it because his father was the opposite. And his father was very much like school comes first, work comes first. And that's that. Mm -hmm. And my dad, um, he's a musician, and he always wanted to pursue something in music but he was never able to do that. So he told me he wanted to give me that chance that he never had when he was my age. So he allowed me to do it and it worked out and I'm really happy about it. That's so selfless. Yeah, he's awesome. I mean, you saw. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Aldo, we love you. <laughs> okay, so in one of your YouTube videos, you mentioned that like you were bullied growing up. Yes. How, what was that like for you? Um, it was hard. I was always that kid that was a little bit um, awkward, I would say. I, I felt like I was, I wasn't as mature as a lot of the people my age. And I don't know why. Um, but I always felt more confident with people that were the grade below. Me. Um, and maybe that's just a, de a development thing. I'm not too sure. But when I was in elementary school, um, I was like really badly bullied by girls, um, physically bullied too, and um, wasn't fun. And then in high school, because um, our high school is grade seven to grade 11, and that was really bad. So grade seven and eight were really hard. I guess for you guys, that's middle school. Yeah. So that was the hardest for me because I felt like I had no one. I had no friends. Um, going to school was a challenge every single day. I would come home crying a lot. Mm. And I really felt like it's because I wasn't confident enough and I was an easy target. Because as I got older and I realized what some of these people were going through behind the scenes, not that I think it's okay to bully, but I can almost like understand it now. And it wasn't just personal towards me and because I was, you know, weird or something. It was because they were going through something and they didn't want to feel like they were at the bottom. So they were pushing 
their um, anger and their feelings on me. Mm-hmm. Um, and because I wasn't confident enough and they could see that I was an easy target and it, it really affected me. But I do think that it gave me bigger skin and I feel um, like there's not much that people can say now that really gets to me unless it's someone that I'm like very, very close with like Daniel or like someone might they said something, it would probably like hurt me because I'm so close to them. Yeah. But anyone else like online or something, it doesn't really affect me. So I'm almost grateful <laughs> because I have such thick skin now. But um, I do think that it's really hard for a lot of people to go through bullying and unfortunately it is a natural thing that happens in um, humans because no one wants to feel like they're at the bottom. It sucks. I wish it, I wish it didn't exist. But I think that, at least for me, I really want to teach my future children um, to stand their ground and to not feel like whatever these people say, like doesn't aff- it shouldn't affect them because they should know who they are. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I want them to be confident. It's hard, but I just didn't have any confidence in me when I was that age. I also went into puberty at like 17. So I, was, I looked like I was eight up until 16. <laughs> why why didn't you have any confidence at that age I think it's because I was really shy um my like actual I guess I know it doesn't seem that way because I like do YouTube and stuff and actually that's what helped me not be so shy but my whole life I've been very shy and when I was put into a situation where I felt very nervous and I didn't know anyone and I wasn't sure of my surroundings I felt very uh like scared and shy to approach people because I was always scared that they were either going to be mean or they were going to laugh at me Mm -hmm. something so I think that just by not putting myself out there made me more shy which then made me have less confidence and because I would never get much attention from people that also played into the whole no no confidence thing I think that from a young age if I would have been more outgoing it definitely would have helped because I would have seen that oh these people aren't thinking this of me or aren't whatever, but I I was just very like internal introvert thinking over everything and assuming people were thinking things when they weren't. And I think it started from that age, but I don't like ever regret that because I, that it made me who I am today, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, in that video, video you did recently of like the letter to your younger self, one of the phrases that you said that really caught my attention was, um, stop thinking that everybody hates you. Yeah. What was that like mindset like? So I really felt like um, a lot of people in my life, like I was saying earlier, how I assumed people were thinking things. I really felt like a lot of people in my life would, let's say, think that they didn't like me or think that they were, I would think that they were angry at me over something um, and always just assume it and, and then act towards that assumption versus just listening to them and seeing maybe what's actually going on I would always think oh because you know I would think that the vibe is off or something and then I would just go based off that um and stop doing that because it was creating a lot of issues in my life because I would just like I said assume everything um and people didn't actually feel the way that I thought they felt and I don't know why I was doing it I think it's again my own insecurities and maybe assuming that they were feeling that way in case they actually were feeling that way, I could prepare myself. But um, for the most part, none of them would feel that way. And then what ended up happening was that I would push them to get upset because I would be thinking they're upset when they weren't. And then they would get upset because they would be like, 
I'm not upset. <laughs> That's kind of what ended up happening. But yeah, it took a lot. It took a lot of like internal strength and um, meditation and therapy and stuff just to help with my my brain because I, I do believe the brain is, you know, it's still part of your body and you still need to work it out and, you know, treat it like negative perspective or expecting the worst to happen um it goes along with your favorite quote the one that you bring up you've brought it up in a couple different interviews I was looking I'm like okay I don't want to ask her something everybody's already asked her and you've already (laughs) answered so I went and so your favorite quote is the wolf that wins is the one you feed and did you just get a tattoo of that or well I actually have a tattoo of that I got it when I was 20 uh or 20 21 so I've I've had it on my ribs for a long time but it's definitely a story that resonates a lot with me do you know what it is the legend well so I've heard of it but I was going to ask your so what does the quote mean to you and when did you first hear it so I heard it when I was 19 and I was struggling a lot with friendships Mm -hmm. and also struggling a lot with myself and I really felt like I was dealing with emotions and I was I was I I don't even know what was going on in my life at the time I was very lost and confused and hurt and there was just a lot of negativity going on in my life and so I read this quote I don't even know exactly how I found it but there's a tribe here called the Cherokees and there's an old legend of a grandfather explaining to his grandson that there's a battle between two wolves inside of everyone One is evil, he is anger and resentment and jealousy and fury, and the other one is good, he's kindness and love and passionate. And the grandson asks his grandfather, which one wins? And the grandfather quietly replies, the one you feed. So I really felt like that hit home for me because I really believe that you can choose your own happiness and whatever happens in your life, whatever you put out into the universe is going to come back to you. I really, really do believe that. And I think that if you're sitting around always being negative, then you're going to be, for the most part, pretty negative because you're thinking that way. But if you wake up in the morning and you try your best to be as positive as you can and you you know look yourself in the mirror and you say something nice about yourself and you're, you're just putting out those positive vibes and you're going to choose to feed the happy wolf and then you can choose the happiness and you can choose your own life because again you decide how your life goes and how you want to feel in every situation during your life and so if you're going to choose negativity that's probably how you're going to end up feeling but I try my hardest to you know choose positivity for the most part every single day. Why why do you think people choose to feed the negative wolf? I think it's easy. It's an easy feeling. Um, Also depends on the person, but I know that some people in my life like it because it brings attention. um, And that could be another reason. But I also think that for some reason in the human brain, it's easier to be sad than it is to be happy all the time. And it's easier to think of the negatives, um, at least in the people like that I know. But for me, once you start choosing happiness and being positive, it just makes it so much better in the long run and you will end up feeling happier. 
What are some of your favorite ways to feed the positive wolf in your life, like practical or maybe bigger? What are your favorite? Um, I think the biggest thing for me is self-care. Self-care is really important. I think that um, doing things, and I'm not saying every single day, but doing things once in a while, at least once a week that make you really happy. Like for me, I love taking long bubble baths. I love doing a face mask um, or going to get a massage or getting my nails done or something that just helps with my self care um, and relaxing. Um, That could be reading a book. It could be watching a film, just something to kind of get my mind out of the gutter. (laughs) And you know, when I have a really busy week of work and I'm stressed. I like to do that to kind of feel better about myself and it re-energizes me and then I feel a lot better. Um, Another thing is working out and eating healthy. That is something that I struggled with a lot before my wedding um, because I was very stressed. So I did gain a lot of weight for my wedding, which was great, but I felt so beautiful and so happy that I don't even care. And I'm at this point now where I'm trying to get my life back onto track and trying to you know, eat healthy and work out again, which is really great. Again, it's life, right? So there's always going to be ups and downs, but you know that during the downs, there will always be ups again. And I think that's a good way to think is to know that it's not the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Those are, they're very practical too. And if someone's yeah. struggling, they can just apply it to their lives. So that's awesome. I mean, meditation does help too. I don't know how everyone feels about that. But I think for me, I love waking up in the morning is one of the first things I do is just to clear my mind. Or if I'm feeling really like a lot, like very overwhelmed, then I'll try to just, you know, meditate or listen to an app, listen to a podcast, an audiobook, just to get my mind out of it for a little bit and it does really help. Yeah. Do you use an app for meditation? Um, yeah, I really like the Calm app. I think that's like a pretty popular one. It's just, it's nice. It's relaxing. Sometimes I'll even go on YouTube because it's free and you can just type in meditation and like you can, if you just like sounds, you can listen to sounds. If you like someone talking you through it, you can listen to that. For me, I, I like to sometimes not even listen to anything. And just to lie there and be in my own thoughts, it's hard, but I like that. Um, and it just, it definitely, it definitely helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Those are all super practical. I love that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have a few more questions. Um, what's your favorite thing about your life right now? Ooh, um, the fact that I'm married, <laughs> I guess. It's really exciting. It's, it's new. Um, it doesn't feel much different, but it definitely is different. And um, I don't know, I'm just really excited for the future. Dan and I always talk about, you know, when we want to start having kids and what's the next step. And so that's really exciting too. But I think that's my favorite part. Also being able to, we're, we're in this weird phase right now of like, we just got married, but we don't have kids yet. So we're kind of just being a married couple. And so we just went to Banff, which is in Alberta in Canada. And we did like a big trip around there with our um, best friends who are also engaged. And so that was really cool because we got to experience that with them. And we have a few other trips coming up and I'm really excited to just kind of live my life and be in somewhat free spirit until I start having children, because then I know it's going to definitely get harder. (laughs) Yeah. Buckle down. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. Ben and I are in the same boat. We've been married. Really? 
like probably like three, almost three and a half years. And at first we got married so young and nobody was asking about kids, but now like some time has passed and they're like, like starting to look and we're like, uh, I mean, kids are a blessing obviously, but we are enjoying like getting to know each other more, you know, having these memories together and kids, they add a lot of responsibility. So for right now we're enjoying our time too. I totally feel you on that one. Yeah, for sure. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Kids though, you guys. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. So two more questions. Um, what does it mean to you to be a woman made for greatness? Oh my gosh. I love that. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, what does it mean to me? I think confidence. Um, I think being able to speak your mind and not feel like there's any judgment. And even if there is not taking it personally, oh my gosh, a hard worker, someone that, you know, enjoys life, um, is creative in whatever form that may be. Oops, sorry. That was loud. Um, whatever form that may be, whether it's the arts, whether it's, um, science, Whatever it is, whatever you're passionate about, I think going for that is amazing and it's inspiring. And I think just being super confident in whether that's self-confidence or confidence in your relationships or with your family members, uh, friendships, anything like that, um, I definitely think that is what I would say. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. (laughs) And then our last one, if you could put a message or a phrase or a word on a billboard, for everyone to see in the world, <laughs> what would your message be? What would your phrase say to everyone? Mm. I want it, I would want it to be something short. Yeah. And just like, kind of something just like, I don't even know exactly what phrase, I don't want to steal anyone's quotes. That's the thing, I'm trying to think of something that I could think of my on my own. Um, just something how it just like, and so it is just life is so stop worrying about everything. I mean, I have a tattoo that says it's easy, but I feel like no one really get that unless they knew the meaning. Maybe just life goes on. Yeah. You know, something simple where people can just read it and they would see it and just know. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Whatever struggles you're going in right now, life goes on. Mm-hmm. You'll get better. Maybe that you'll get better. Something that is uplifting, but a short little phrase that can help someone. I like that. It gets better. Which acknowledges that they might be going through something hard, yes. but like there right. is a hope. There is a point to life. Exactly. And even if they're on a high right now and they're feeling really good about their life, to see that, they'll be like, great. Yeah. <laughs> Only going up from here. <laughs> exactly. You know, just positive. I want something positive put out there. Yeah, that's awesome. We need a lot of positivity in the world. <laughs> I want people that are in a tough situation to be able to listen to this and feel like, you know, it gets better. Yeah, that's an awesome thing to hold on to. <laughs> so I'm assuming everyone pretty much knows who you are, but just in case they don't. They might not. <laughs> I didn't I didn't know who you were. I had seen your hair stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> I've seen Bye. her before. But in case uh, they don't already follow you, where can they connect with you, see you? Where can they um, learn more? If you search my name literally just on Google, Alex, it's actually pronounced Centomo because it's Italian, but no one really knows that. It's just Alex Centomo. 
then you can find my YouTube channel. You'll find my Instagram, but most things are under just my real name. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Where do you hang out the most? I would say Instagram and YouTube, both of them. Definitely Instagram is a daily thing. So that the most, but then YouTube is a close second. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Okay. That's, that's all I have for you. We're done. Thanks, Rena. You're awesome. No, you are. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can I just say though, like you and Ben did such an amazing job. I was so nervous because obviously it's a wedding and my parents were like, oh, our videographer was so bad. They didn't capture anything. And so I was so stressed. Yeah. I cannot even begin to thank you enough for everything you guys captured and the amount of work you did. And I love the fact that you included a clip of the two of you. Oh. <laughs> I love that so much. Like that made me so happy. Cameo. I just, I like owe a lot to you guys. So thank you so much. Well, thank you again for sharing your story. I was looking online and I was like, has she done, a, like you've done a few different interviews, but not like a ton, a ton, like not like this style. So I really appreciate that. I- I really kind of always pushed them aside just because I felt like I love to just explain myself on my channel, but you're amazing and I wanted to do this and I'm really happy you asked me and I'm really, really grateful and um, thank you so much. Thank you. Can't you relate? Like the things that she was talking about, about people teasing her and growing up and like kind of being afraid to step out, but I just think it's so amazing that when she was creating things and people were starting to notice that she stayed true to herself and she didn't get lost. I feel like when you're working for big brands like American Eagle, big crazy brands, you would want to change yourself to fit the brands or want to change yourself to fit what you think would be popular. But Alex has been a really shining example in what it means to be yourself and to see what that translates into by the content you put out into the world, by the effort you put out. And I just really love Alex. So if you guys aren't yet, please go and follow my friend. Please go and support her on YouTube and Instagram and all the things. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. If this episode was inspiring to you or any of the other uh, 29 episodes were inspiring to you, could you do me a big fat favor? I ask you every time, but it's because it's really important to me. (laughs) Could you do me a favor and leave a review on iTunes? Um, You go to the Purple Podcast app type in women for greatness and then go down to the reviews. I think it's at the very bottom. Leave a any type of review that helps me know what you want from me so I can make this thing as best as I can for you. I want to help you grow. I want to help you learn. And I just want to bring on women that inspire you and they challenge you truly. So you guys, once again, I hope you loved this episode. I love you. I will talk to you next week. Keep on pursuing greatness. Bye.